That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Is Jen and Julian. You are listening to episode 30 of Ex Appeal Podcast. Interesting one today. Uh, we're going to dive right into it. Well, this is something. What, were you making fun of me just now? No. No, <laughs> like no, no. That, no, no. That? <laughs> no, yeah, no. No, no, no. Okay, I was, no that was just I was you. Gonna, no, I was just going to ask you right away. Cool. Okay. It's It's yeah, been so, 10 years. You're with Jared. You have a baby. Your kid is 10 years old. You guys are a little, you know, the, the spark is gone. Would you ever, oh, ever even consider opening your relationship to being in an open relationship? I mean, sure. Yeah. If, it, if it means, it, yeah. If it, I can't see me ever not loving Jared. So, yeah. I mean, if it, if it's something that, that's he would be open to as well. That's a really dicey conversation to enter into. Like, I, uh, I don't think you're wired for this. Ooh, like, because because what if I said, hey, hey, Jer, you know, w would you ever want to be in an open relationship? And then he, you know, throws my belongings out the window. Yeah, <sighs> I mean, but do you believe that men and women are wired differently when it comes to that? Oof. Um, maybe, maybe not. And maybe it's a generational thing. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think, cause here's the thing, right? Like when you get into a committed monogamous relationship, I'm sorry, but you'd be lying to yourself if you didn't miss in some ways that newness of it all, like the mm -hmm. newness of a, you know, that when you're first flirting with somebody or first talking to somebody online, like the, the butterflies and like the giddiness of it all. Um, so maybe that is a way of, of exploring those feelings and seeing where they lead. And maybe that makes you happier overall in, yeah. in a couple. Yeah. Uh, but that's, I mean, you, God, you, you open it up to so many things. Like what if, you start to date somebody on the side and fall in love with that other person. Yeah. Like what, yeah. what do you do then? I mean, do you leave your, your long-term partner or, or the partner that, you know, you're primarily in love with for, for somebody else? I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of a dangerous line. It is. It is. I'm, I'm assuming some of these, um, you know, when you're in a relationship, I'm assuming these uh, fling that you have of other people must be somewhat short-lived just to make sure that, I don't know if that could be a rule, but, Maybe it's a date max or something. Um, something like that, or maybe I don't know. Or maybe maybe because you are in a with a partner, you never actually truly let yourself open up to that person that you're having fun with. There there might be something happening with you because you know you have something at home, something good happening that you deeply love. So you don't let yourself. Yeah. You just kind of live for the excitement of the new thing, and then eventually, when that excitement is gone, you just go go back. I don't know, but I. I always, always wonder, because it seems like some girls say yes, some girls say no, but I always wonder if women are able to have straight up just unattached sex with them, somebody they don't care for. Because I know for a fact guys can. Guys can actively love a person and a girl, yet still 
be able to fuck someone else that they could not like they don't even know their names and then they can have sex with them and generally as soon as they're done just want to be back with their own with their actual the person they love so i could see how an open relationship could work for men because emotionally we're only bound to one person and we're only having non-emotional just like i want to say animalistic sex with somebody yeah. else for the novelty of it and there's no chances of it of 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 us like falling in love with anybody else. That, that that would have a mutual thing though. Like both both people in the couple would have to follow the same rules. Then I can see it being more okay. Like, okay, so you're gonna go and, and have sex with somebody else, but you but at the end of the day, you're gonna come home to me and we're gonna be in this relationship together. But can uh, you do that? Can do you think you're you would be ever be able to have sex with somebody you don't care for just for the penetration if aspect of Jared's it? Jared's doing it. If Jared's doing it too, knowing that he's doing it, yes, I would be able to. Would you actually enjoy it? Uh, I don't think so. so. Yeah, that's the thing because there's, there's, a, there's so you're doing it because he's doing it. So you're doing it by default. So that's yeah. my question. I mean, but who's to say? Like maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, I just can't see me ever putting myself in that situation because I, I, I'm the kind of person where like I got to have feelings for yeah. somebody or yeah. if, if I don't have feelings and then I, after I sleep with them, then I'll probably develop new feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, well, I will say this, you know, all of our, all of our open relationship questions are about to be answered. answered. Yeah. All right. So I was watching this series on one of the streaming services. I forget which one it was. Uh, it's called, there's no I in threesome. And so it, it, I, it's about these two people who decide to try an open relationship in like the year leading up to them getting married. So they're engaged. Mm -hmm. um, and it, okay, like for anybody who hasn't seen this, this, this uh, series and wants to see it earmuffs, but basically it backfired and the girl fell in love with another dude and left her fiance. So <laughs> I was intrigued by just the whole idea of what it means to have an open relationship um, and the ins and outs, like if there's ground rules and everything. So um, we, you know, Julian, you and I had been like wanting to bring on a couple who are in a successful open relationship for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Yep. It is. Absolutely. But there are two people who have a podcast about it. <laughs> yes. It's, it's called Gone Rogue. Gone Rogue. Yeah. A gorgeous fit Aussie couple named Kate and Greg. <laughs> And they're here right now. Thank you guys for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. All right. So, um, first question I have for you two is: right into it like she does right into. Okay. Yeah. So, question number one: <laughs> You want a reporter, Jen? This is what we're getting. That's um, what we're getting. Tell me about yourselves. Uh, so, um, what do you want to know specifically? I just want to know maybe like what you guys, what you guys do for a living, how you guys met, um, and, and what your, what your, how long you guys have been together. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I do online like coaching with fitness and nutrition. Um, and I've been online for a few years, which was good timing for the pandemic. Uh, and then we actually met during the lockdown. So we met about a year and a half ago through Tinder. So it was just a nice little right swipe on Tinder uh, when we were both living in Melbourne. So at that point, the lockdowns were no traveling beyond five kilometers. We had a curfew from 9 p.m. till 6 a.m. 
um, you also could only leave your house for four reasons <laughs> and we'd matched wow. on Tinder. So One our- of them was not for Tinder matches, just to be clear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> our first date was a Zoom date. We had a Zoom date just, I think it was the the day after we, we matched on Tinder, we'd sort of been chatting and it was like, hey, like, let's have a wine and just catch up on Zoom. Um, yeah. And yeah, we just kind of like, like hit it off in terms of conversation. Like there was just a really nice connection from the beginning. And then uh, we had another Zoom day. We kind of ended up talking and messaging and calling each other for a week. And then the one loophole in all of the lockdown rules that we had was that you were allowed to travel beyond your 5Ks to see an intimate partner. So... <laughs> The got first it. time we met, I was like, hey, listen, Greg, we, we got to have this talk now because you have to be my intimate partner. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was, that was partners. Yeah, it was like, we're just going to really <laughs> jump the gun here. But, um, yeah, and so we met and we just kind of hit it off. And from the beginning, even before we'd met, we'd been talking about relationship styles that had worked for us in the past yeah. relationship styles that intrigued us. Um, and even just talking about things like polyamory and what we knew about open relationships and, and kind of where we're at and, and I guess what dynamic of relationship interested us and, and what was different about that conversation is it was never like a, Hey, what are you looking for? Like, tell me what you're looking for. I need to know. Cause I need to suss out if this is going to work or not. It was always like a, Hey, like what, what, what's tell me about your relationships and like, tell me like, how they worked and like, are you dating people now? Like, well, how does that work for you in more of a format of like, let me just get to know you and figure out what yeah. things you like and what things you don't like. Yeah. So we're, yeah. We're less pressure, right? Yeah. It was like, it's, you know, you can, you can find out so much information about people in terms of just learning about them rather than in terms of learning about them as they affect your life. You know, I think when people are dating or meeting new people, it's like, I need to find out these things according to what I need to know about them based on where I'm at and what I'm looking for and what what I'm interested in. It's like, okay, take yourself out of the equation. Can you get to know someone just as they are on their own without without you and the formula? Um, and so, yeah, you can have conversations about like people's past relationships, what they're looking for, what they want in their life, like all those things without implicating it with, well, where do I fit in? Uh, in your first episode of Gone Rogue, I think, Greg, you talked about um, already having experience in open relationships, but always you being the third one, um, right, in, in an already open couple. And um, you talk, uh, UK talked about your previous relationship not working out well and trying to take a deeper look as to why, right? And that would kind of made you guys open to trying this out. Am I correct? Yeah, definitely for me. I I think in the past definitely questioned monogamy and just, you know, I suppose looking at all of those aspects of my life and different things you do and sort of questioning them. Um, it's sort of in my nature to do that. And, and monogamy was one of those things. I, I didn't have many, I think, successful models of monogamy around me. So I was sort of looking at it going, wait, like these things keep failing. I keep seeing them not working. Why is that? And what are the alternatives? And um, yeah, you're right, Julian. I, I, I did go out and I started to meet some couples and made friends with people that were in those relationships and had some experiences where I dated people that were in open relationships and things like that. So I remember um, my first time I met a couple that were um, open, I, I came away from that going, there's no way I could ever do that, but I think I could learn a lot about communication from them. Um, mm-hmm. I spent so much of the, the, the night that we hung out asking them about how things work with them and, and basically the same kind of things that you're asking about is, how did, how did this happen and, and how does it work and what are your rules and, and you know, what are the challenges about it? So, yeah, definitely came away from that first experience really curious and, and feeling like I could learn a lot. 
Um, and that sort of sent me on a, yeah, a bit of a path of trying to figure it out. All right. So, you, I mean, you kind of talked a little bit about ground rules. Um, what do you, is that something that you guys have as a couple? Kind of. We have, I guess we have the non-negotiables, which there's okay. only one. The only non-negotiable that we have is that we practice safe sex outside of each other. So it's like we use protection with other people that we sleep with. Okay. That's the one like hard rule where it's like there's there's no real discussion around that, at least not right now. Um, and I know that there are other people that practice open relationships or polyamory where um, they, I guess, call it fluid bonding, where it's like, hey, you have unprotected sex with multiple partners that you trust and that you're seeing regularly. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. we, we basically have one rule and it's like, hey, that's the non-negotiable. Otherwise, we have some general things that we know that either help us when we're doing something like either seeing someone else or being the person that's... Um, being the partner that's let's, like, like, I guess it's going through the experience of your partner seeing somebody else. Um, mm -hmm. So it's like, Hey, I have wants and needs during those moments where it's like, how can I help myself get those met and how can my partner help me meet them? So we have just, I guess, check-ins where it's like, okay. as we're going through the process of talking to someone and then potentially setting up a date with them, we check in with each other with like a, Hey, this person, this date, how do you feel about that? Does that fit in with your schedule? Are you cool with that? Where are you at right now? And then we'll typically before a date have a catch up or a check-in. And then after a date, we'll have a catch up or a check-in. So it, it's essentially like, Hey, let's make sure that we set aside time to just have a conversation and have an opportunity to commun communicate any fears, any feelings, any anything that's going on, positive or negative. So we essentially create at least three points of contact through seeing someone. I okay. think that's the other big rule if I had to call out something there is like there, there's no secrets. There's, it's completely transparent. And like okay, I said, yeah, I wanted um, to see how transparent. Like, what, what made you, sorry, but what made you choose yeah. this route? Because it seems like there are couples have open relationship and it's uh, and it's like i don't want to know i don't want to see versus yeah, yeah a, so that's want to know everything so what made you guys choose the the very open and honest route instead of listen i know you're doing your thing i don't want to know when we're together we're together when you're not with me you're doing your thing and I, you know as long as you practice safe sex that's all that matters yeah so that's generally referred to as don't ask don't tell and i, I think that's for me Obviously, I think in a lot of those scenarios, there is one one partner that's really uncomfortable with the scenario in, in some of those. So there's, I think, don't that's ask, true. don't tell relationships where there's been a negotiation where someone has said, hey, I want to explore non-monogamy. And sometimes one partner doesn't want to. And they, as, as you say, they say, well, look, go and do what you need to do, but I just don't want to know about it. Mm -hmm. and, and for me, I think that's... Um, taking a growth mindset to relationships and, and how I live my life and to relationships, I actually want to feel those uncomfortable feelings. I, I want to know, hey, like, uh, or, or to be able to communicate to Kate when I'm scared or when there's fears coming up and saying, hey, like that, you know, when you saw someone the other night, that made me feel this and then we can talk about it. I think that for the long term of a relationship, it's, it's some of the big advantages that I, I feel like I've gotten from this is actually those conversations. Yeah, it's, it's, some, it's something I've said to Kate quite often is I think coming into this or maybe my perspective before we were together was that being open would be a much more self-serving act. And it's like, oh, I'm doing this, you know, to go and just be able to do this thing for myself. Mm -hmm. But what I've found through the experience is so much of it has actually, I think, gotten me closer and stronger to Kate. 
um, and, and yeah. our relationship, I think it's fed in and, and built up so much of us and built, yeah, a lot of connection and, and um, conversation that, that I think is super valuable. And also, I feel like that, um, that, that Don't Ask, Don't Tell kind of, it, it's kind of like, it seems like it would kind of be like the illusion of a mono, monogamous relationship, with, but it's like an illusion, right? Because if you don't know about it, then you don't have to technically realize that you guys are open. Yeah, I think it feels like you're avoiding it or you're, you're avoiding it. it's happening. Yeah, and perfect. I think it's it's essentially – and look, I think that there are some people that that's just what works for them. And I'm not going to say that there's a better version mm. or worse version of practicing open relationships. But to me, to not talk about something where there's an opportunity for like some kind of personal growth or a new level of understanding of myself or of Greg, it's like – there's something that you're going to miss. That's an opportunity to, like Greg said, become closer and, and have something that might be a really challenging, sticky, rocky conversation, but you come out the other side going like, wow, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that about you. And being in this position where we are, I guess, feeling incredibly insecure at times and uh, facing challenges, whether you know we feel like we're doing it together or one person's doing it at a time, it's like those are just opportunities. Um, and to not talk about them, to not have that open dialogue, not only misses the opportunities for personal growth and growth in the relationship, um, but you also miss the opportunities for having negotiations around what works and what doesn't work. Um, so, like if yeah. you have a don't ask, don't tell, it's like yes, maybe you make the rule of safe sex, but there's other things like we have check-ins, and it's really really nice after a date to have a reconnection. Like that is the the most like I feel so connected and like so close to Greg after we've seen someone else and we come back and mm. that's kind of the beauty and being open because it allows the other person to choose their partner right like Greg mm -hmm. chooses me because he's got all the options out there available to him he can go on in his app and he can swipe and it's like he can talk to whoever he wants to talk to and there are no boundaries or rules or rest restrictions on that and what's really nice is even with that he will choose to come back and be with yeah. me. And I'm the one that he ultimately wants to spend his days with and live with and do this relationship thing with. So there's also that really nice, like he does things and we negotiate and we have check-ins and catch-ups and that wouldn't be possible if we weren't talking about it. Mm -hmm. So these check-ins, I mean, how, how detailed do you get? Like, do you talk about intimacy with other partners when you, when you do the check-in? <laughs> It's been a really interesting conversation because it's like, I think something that I typically do is it's like, I'm going to have a DNM with my BFF. I'm going to be like, blow, blow by blow. Like, let me give you the details. <laughs> but you have this like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to upset you. I don't know how much you want to know. So like, I'm probably willing to share a lot and, and give you all the info, give Greg the information, which I've gotten better at as we've gone on. I was definitely a little reserved initially. Like, oh, what, what do you want? I don't know. Is that weird to tell you? Sure. Um, and then same thing with him back but I think you've probably had a little bit of a different experience in terms of just talking about it full stop. Yeah, and, and I think for I think that's the thing with open relationships around rules and how, how all these dynamics work is it varies so much person to person. And, yeah. and it's also not a you set it once and then you leave it. I think that's been my experience in monogamy is like you rarely even dis discuss boundaries, rules, what are you okay with, what do you want, and consciously kind of set up what you want in monogamy. Whereas we we did that at the start, but we constantly do that. You know, every I think probably every week we're probably having multiple conversations about, hey, how are you feeling? What how's how's this going for you? Is there any issues? Hey, who are you talking to? Like, so you're constantly sort of having conversations, tweaking, and you know, I think that's maybe one of the big differences between maybe our relationship and and then poly relationships. Like, Kate is my primary relationship, and making sure that 
Kate feels safe, Kate feels good, all of those things, and we're both getting what we need here. Um, yeah, so I think that with that... The rules evolve and change. Yeah, yeah, it you know, cha- like cha- changes over yeah, time. Yeah, I want to stay rules. Like the two things we said from the beginning, actually, which was a really nice thing for my brain because like my brain's like, well, what are we? Is this an open relationship? Are we going to be poly? Would we? Do, would you be open yeah. to this? What about relationship anarchy? Like, <laughs> so suddenly you get in this trap of like, well, what's our label? Like, what are we? How do we define this? And yeah. it's like, you know what? The definition is actually less important than what we want and need and, and what keeps us happy essentially so it's like let the happiness and the the things that help us get our needs met be the the north star essentially so we decided against having like a hey let's let's choose our label so we didn't agree to be like well we we, we're not polyamorous we'll never do that we also didn't agree to be like well we're we're not monogamous like we would happily become monogamous if that was something that was the right fit for us at the time or maybe we would be monogamous for a period and then come back out and be open again or be have another partner at some point you know so we've never decided to be um i guess the relationship's never been determined by a label and then we've also been very much against setting hard rules as like okay well this is what happened that one time so the rule is from now on you can never date someone twice in a row like that's yeah. like and it can happen for one situation for that one time and that one condition and then it might never happen again and if you create a rule it becomes really rigid and then you have these things where it's like i don't think this rule is working it doesn't mean the relationship's not working it's just that rule doesn't really make sense so we've never had rules where we're like ah should we just do this from now on it's like hey no let's just reassess the next time something comes up and we'll talk about yeah. it when it happens yeah, I mean, it feels like having true. rules would be a monogamous relationship type of thing right if you're open then you're technically open of rules changing as well that, that would make sense yeah and sometimes rules mean that you lose opportunity to just talk about shit as it comes up sorry i apologize yeah. if there's no, no swearing no, here. No, <laughs> so no, it's like good. hey if i make a rule then i just expect greg's and i'm going to make the assumption that greg's following the rule and i'm following the rule and then accidentally someone yeah. fo- follows their version of the rule and it's a little bit different to my version and like oh no we've broken the rule what do we do it's like hey let's let's just assess each week each weekend each date each person you talk to whatever it is let's just have a conversation about it. And a lot of people ask us that like, Hey, what, do, what about this? What if someone falls in love with someone else? What if, what if uh, someone does yeah. this? What if that happens? And it's like, we would talk about it. What about it this? We would talk about it. What, what about, yeah. what if Greg does that? We would talk about it. Like, it's just like anything that happens, we well, just have a conversation about it. And, and that's where, it, where it begins. I think so it's that, really that, easy to re- react to fear with a new rule. So something happened, you're like, Oh wait, we need to put a rule there in place instead right. of saying, well, where's the fear coming from and let's talk about that you know and i think that's the uh, what you hear often with people in open relationships is like they end up building all these rules then it becomes unsustainable and then they have to sort of unpick all those things i think we've started out you know having some boundaries what are we comfortable with some of those things basically but just and there's there has been a few times where um i remember there was one conversation where i i felt like i did nearly react with a oh like we should put this rule in place and i ran kate and went hey you know what don't worry about that. I just need to think through whatever's going on in my brain and mm-hmm. and none of that's fine. We don't need to change anything on how we do this. There's just a fear and, and something I need to sort of work through myself. So, Because you, yeah. had, um, you said yeah. two, um, I have a, a two follow-up and I think one of them, uh, uh, Jen, you have probably the same question. Um, Kate, earlier you said that you, you know, it's like you're not sure how much to share about your date because you don't know, you know, you want to hurt him too much. But in the podcast, I think, Greg, you said, uh, fuck your feelings. You need the truth. 
Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It sounds like something you would say. <laughs> but like, how do you deal with one being hurt? If you're doing check-ins constantly and you're ultimately getting hurt a little bit every time you know that your partner, this person you love, is also experiencing something else with somebody else, how do you deal with so much hurt? You know, and how does that not turn you bitter in the relationship? I want to introduce you to a term. It's one of my favorite words in the English dictionary. I don't even yeah. actually, it might not even be in the dictionary. The word is Persian and what it essentially means. And I think that there's a couple, like the definitions morphed a little bit. It, I think it, it actually might've originally come about from other people watching their partner with someone else. But now it's that you get joy from your partner's joy or you gain happiness from your partner's happiness. Okay. So in a relationship, um, the way that I view it is that one love is not finite. So Greg can have multiple friends, multiple people that he's talking to, multiple women that he goes on dates with, multiple whoever. And it doesn't mean that I get less. I, he loves me just as much. Like this, it doesn't mean that like in order for him to go and talk to someone else, I, I lose something. Um, if he has, is attracted to somebody else, it doesn't mean he's less attracted to me. It's, it's the analogy we often talk about is like, you can have a, you can have multiple best friends. You don't like one best friend less because you got new best friends. It's like, you, yeah. you can have multiple of those. So yeah. I think that's, that's one thing. And then um, the other thing is that I, I really enjoy it when Greg gets to do the stuff that makes him happy. Like ultimately, like he's an individual, I'm an individual. We should be able to do the things that make us fulfilled in our life and give us freedom and allow us to like enjoy connecting with people and having experiences. And if that means that like we like to talk to people on dating apps and, and go on dates or like have, you know, one night stands or whatever it is, it's actually a really fun process. And I enjoy doing it. And I want Greg to be able to have that same experience. So it's like, it's like a, and I don't want to say it's a tit for tat, but to a degree, it's like, I like it. I know my partner would like it. Like, yeah, I want him to do that. So it's like, you kind of combine the best of both worlds of I'm a single girl, but I'm also in this amazing long-term relationship. I've combined those somehow. I didn't think it was possible, but it's like, you know, I, the way that I actually ended up getting into wanting to be in an open relationship was I'd come out of these relationships that weren't terrible relationships. I'd had a couple of bad ones, but I'd been kind of going through a string of just dating and, and kind of getting out of them going, ah, man, I love being single. Like, thank God that's over. <laughs> and going like, this is this is an issue. Like, this is a pattern that's repeating itself. I enjoy being infatuated with someone. I enjoy being in a relationship and like getting in deep with someone and like connecting. But I love being single. And like, I love that freedom and that sense of like, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. So I started getting to the point where I was like, ah, I got to find something that makes makes sense for me. So I, I'd actually gone to a point where I'm like, I'm just not going to get into a relationship for a while. And then I'd started seeing people talking about solo polyamory. And that was when I met Greg. And so we started having this conversation. So it all kind of like was birthed out of this realization that I loved being single and I love being in a relationship. So that's what I feel like I get. And so for me with Greg, it doesn't feel like I'm being hurt. Yes, there's struggle and there's challenges, but I do not believe that a monogamous relationship lacks struggle and challenge it's just a different different type different. Yeah, yeah so um yeah so it's like you know regardless of the relationship everyone's going through their own shit at that at, at, at some point to some degree so what's nice is at least we're, we're constantly talking about it because we're forced to check in because that's you know what we do to take care of this relationship and make sure that we're um taking care of like the i guess ourselves as an identity and then the relationship as this thing that we cultivate um together it's and then I, I, I know that Greg, yeah, Greg gets to do things that makes him happy. And that ultimately yeah. brings a happy partner to me. Yeah. yeah and I think your, your, the mention of hurt, like 
I don't know if hurt's a feeling that I would say I've ever felt based on Kate going like on a date with someone. So, you know, it, I think that some of that even the language straight away sort of makes me think about, you know, when you're monogamous, if you think about the thought of your partner with someone else or them dating someone else, it's like, oh, of course, that's hurtful. And I think when you're in yeah. a monogamous relationship, that is, it is a breach of that trust that creates yeah. hurt. There isn't a breach of trust here. It's what we've agreed to. It's both what we mutually want. So, I think the feeling that comes up the most are, yeah, there's there's insecurities, there's fears, there's, you know, some of those things where, you know, comparison and some of that, you know. So, I think they're the main feelings that come up when Kate goes on dates. Um, one of the other things that's been really interesting is just being worried about her security and safety. Yeah. So, one of the things um, that you'd said before around the don't ask, don't tell, one of the things I was going to say is that would actually, I think I would really struggle with that because, one of the things that we've actually ended up landing on is before Kate goes, you know, if she does go to someone's house or anything like that, she'll send me their name and their address. It's like, so I know where she is. If, if I need to get to her, if she sends me a message, if there's some kind of issue, I know where she is to be able to go and help. So if, yeah. I, if, I, if we're in some kind of donor hotel, I think I would be really, um, I, I would struggle even more with that on the basis of kind of just not even knowing where she was, who she was meeting and what she was up yeah. to. So, um, yeah, so I think they're some of the main feelings I feel. I think for some people, um, you know, they do get pleasure, joy out of actually the thought or the the idea of their partner sleeping with someone else, seeing someone else. For me, it's not that. Um, I get, you know, as Kate said, sort of that joy of her joy. If she's happy, if she's had a great date, that's cool. Like I'm happy for her that she's done that. So uh, the details as much of like blow by blow, hey, what happened? Then they're not something that really like it's like, oh, I want to hear like all the really raunchy details like. I'm okay with it, but it's not something I really need to or really want the you know, want to know. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm less concerned about that. But it's more like, hey, did you have a good time? Did, you know, was it interesting? Were they cool? Like, you know, some of those things. Um, so yeah, I, I, I less feed off those details as far as like what the person was like versus probably more okay. so like what Kate's experience was. Got it. Have yeah. you have either of you met each other's dates? Yeah, well, we, both <laughs> yeah, both of us, yeah. we CrossFit. And so the CrossFit community is like pretty well connected <laughs> in Australia. So we've been at either like I've trained at Greg's gym and met like some of the people that he's hung out with. He's come to competitions and met some of the people that I've hung out with. And like even one of the girls that I met that Greg had seen, like I've met her several times now and it's like, you know, like we chat and hang out a little bit and it's fine. Like it's almost nice. Like I think um, for me, at least my experience and Greg seeing other people is I'm like, man, just show me everything. Like, just like (laughs) throw it on me. I just need to like, see it to deal with it. And I almost feel better when it's like, Oh, it's, it's this human. It's this person. They're actually quite nice. I'd probably be friends with them. Like if Greg wants to hang out with them, I probably want to hang out with them. So the reality is always a much nicer experience than what I've conjured up in my imagination. You know, I'm thinking like, Oh God, it's going to be like Kendall Jenner. And like, (laughs) just, you know, I'm just not going to be able to, you know, deal with that. But, um, yeah, the reality is always like, Oh, a really nice person and it's yeah. just another human being and it's like we can all hang out you know i think um we're actually quite good at that as humans like you know making connections with people it's just that in our brains it's like oh well it's someone that he did that with or someone that i know from this and it's like we create these ideas that something should be wrong with that but it's like no you know i, I like the one of the things that always struck me with talking about being open is people always ask us about well what about what about when you have kids what are you going to do then and one sure. of the best arguments i've heard for that is there are so many kids with multiple parents 
And yes, maybe they're not practicing polyamory or open relationships, but I had two mums because my parents divorced and then my dad got remarried. And not only that, I kind of had a third mum because my dad's previous wife from his previous marriage used to hang out with us all the time. So it's like I kind of had these rotating, revolving parent figures or or people that were in close relationships to me as as a kid and growing up and even now. So it's like I think the idea that we can't deal with that as humans is is just a bit of a myth, you know, a bit of a misconception. Yeah. There's all kinds of different family structures. There is. Yeah. There is a traditional family structure anymore. I mean, you have gay gay dads, lesbian moms. It's 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 a no thing anymore. Mm. So, not a big deal. Um, have you ever <laughs> This might be a cringy question. Have you ever brought one of your dates home for the two of you? Yeah. We- <laughs> We definitely have. <laughs> we just moved in together like uh, just less than a month ago. And it was like within like, I think it was like the first or second weekend, which is fun because uh, <laughs> it's like, hey, like, should we? Should you, do, are you down for this? And he's like, I'm down. Are you down? I'm like, yes, let's do this. <laughs> now, I was going to ask you, that was one of my questions. If you're uh, moving in together and um, let's, you know, do you have oh, any, I guess you don't have a rule, but are you allowed, if you're not sleeping with them together, are you allowed to bring the partner to your home or is your home a little bit more of a sacred place that it's only for just you two? That's definitely been something that w- before we moved in that we talked about will be one of the, the big shifts for us in recent, recent changes. So at the moment, and like we said before, these things will shift and change over time, I'm sure. But at the moment, we've decided to sort of reserve our house for as our space and and where yeah. we will you know just just keep it for ourselves um or if we do have someone that we we meet together um so at the moment it's something that we've said look we'll, we'll generally keep our dates elsewhere um but at the same time we've sort of said look that might not actually be a practical thing um you know i i have a feeling that it will be less it, that will be more of a challenge for me than what it will be for kate um, my experience always dating as a single male is that typically girls would come to my house. Um, yeah. You know, they a lot of the time, and, and some of the girls I've even talked to in the last few weeks, it's like they're living with friends, they're living at yeah. parents' houses, they're living like some of those things where that's just a much harder thing to do. Um, and I'm sure there's probably guys in the same situations, but that's been one of the things I think will be maybe a, more of a challenge for me is that, um, yeah, just some of those living situations. You're going we'll, to we'll, we'll rent a studio, basically, a, a little bachelor pad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Or just, go, or just going back, back to having sex in the car like I used to when I was in the garage. The garage, just yeah, yeah. Area yeah. And now, what about what about then your your dates? Then how do they? Because I'm assuming when you are matching with somebody, you are upfront about you guys. You already having a partner, being in an open relationship with that. Does it automatically kind of shut down the idea of them possibly being serious with you? Because I'm assuming, like, how does that work? So that's something we spoke about when we first met as well was, you know, is this something that we put on our dating profiles? Is it something you wait until you match with someone and then you tell? There, there is definitely people that just don't tell people or wait until they, you know, meet with them and then tell them. Um, I morally couldn't couldn't do that. So I, I went with, it's on all of my dating profiles. So um, any dating profile I have, it says I'm. I have a partner. I'm in a happy, ethically non-monogamous relationship. Um, yeah. So that's and and I've got a photo of me and Kate on each of my dating profiles. Okay. Um, so completely transparent. And then it's I suppose then people have the opportunity to opt in or opt out from the start. Um, mm. The challenge I found with that is a lot of people swipe 
without actually reading profiles is something yeah. I'm discovering. So quite often now, as soon as I, once I match with someone pretty quickly, I'll try and at least mention, you know, if someone's like, hey, what have you been doing in your weekend? I'll make sure I say, oh, me and my partner did this. So that filters out a lot of people again, or yeah. if I don't have that conversation, I'll say, hey, I just want to make sure you read my profile. So just to make sure anyone I'm talking to is is opting in and and it's filtering people out and not wasting my time or theirs. So yeah. um, I end up having quite a lot of conver- interesting conversations with people, even just even if they're not interested. Um, I, I said to Kate a while ago, I think I'm figuring out that 99% of being non-monogamous is educating people on dating apps about non-monogamy um, yeah. because I end up just having these like long conversations with people just explaining and answering the questions and then they're like, cool, it's not for me, thanks anyway. But I would rather do that and actually try and help people understand if they're, if they're curious and interested. So, What if you don't yeah. meet somebody um, through the apps? Like, What if you meet somebody, say, at like a restaurant or a bar or wherever you're out in public? Like, How do you address that how do you bring that up and what's their response well we have been in lockdowns for almost two years in australia so so the opportunities to meet people at bars and cafes (laughs) bars and restaurants has has been definitely reduced but um i I actually some of the people i have met so i actually haven't met that many people off dating apps um it's probably been a bit of a 50 50 split that um some of them have been through other social circles through the gym some of those things but the you know the person at the gym they already knew who Kate was through her Instagram profile so yeah but I'll I'll still tell people um yeah. you know people people if they see my if um, in those cases they added my Instagram they can see I've got a partner um, I found that some of the people that I have to explain to like that are people that are old friends or people I've seen years ago or whatever like that and then we get chatting and they're like oh, hey, don't you have a girlfriend? I'm like, oh, yeah, we do, but we're, we're in an open relationship. So same thing, just as early as um, I can, really just letting people know, you know, if, if I feel like it's a flirty thing or anything like that, just letting them know that I've, I've got a partner. We've been pretty public about it. So if anybody, like if anybody in the CrossFit community knows us, they know that we're open. So it's like, funnily enough, it, it's kind of something that some people are really attracted to. It's like, oh, cool. Like, I like these people. I know them. I can get to know, like, get chatting to them and I know exactly how like they have their thing and and I'm not looking for a relationship so love it this is great for me but that, um, that's yeah, most yeah, of that the was actually, that was actually Sorry, my Drew. question the 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 additional partner right that that wants to date one of you do you feel that by them knowing that you already have a solid partner right do you feel like they're coming to your life with no actual desire to be for lack of a better word serious with you i don't yeah, know how, if I, right? because like you're already taken so we're just gonna have yeah. fun there's no real like do they do you feel like they want to go deeper with you knowing or not knowing that you guys are technically already emotionally taken yeah i get a lot of fuck boys <laughs> greg's oh. greg filters people out more like in yeah. terms of women I don't really get as much filtering happening with regards to like, hey, I'm in a relationship. I'm not looking to find another partner right now. So it's just casual. Like, and a lot of guys are like, okay, I'm in. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, it's like, oh, she's just an easy lay. All right. And I'm like, oh, God. So I've actually probably had a more difficult time in dating because I just end up with guys that are like, they don't really care. Like, they're, and perhaps that's what you're saying, Julian. It's like, they are not invested so i've i've been stood up yeah. more being in an open relationship than i 
ever was prior to this. And I'm like, man, what's going on? Is it a threat? Is it scary? Like, do they, they, I just don't think they care because they're not invested to that degree. And I typically like to meet someone before I go and hang out with them for like an evening hangout. And that's where they bail. And I'm like, man, just come on. I, well, I, I think, think also for me, because of our monogamous brain, it's just like in, in a way that, you know, that we've seen relationship since, I mean, since we've, we grew up, it's like, it seems like if you are already taken, what, what am I doing? Mm. Right. I love because that you, word it, that you use monogamous brain. It's like, yeah, the best thing. Ever. Honestly, I, I this generally the think like, like, this is a monogamous thing. <laughs> yeah, so much conditioning. Like, in that, yeah. yeah, exactly. I was about, I was, uh, I was about to say that hearing you guys talk relationship, it seems like you, rewired your brain on how to think how relationships should be and what a relationship is. Whereas I want to say most people in monogamous, it's like, we always told this is how it is. Right. Yeah. You so do it takes you a little right uh, rewiring to be like, Oh, it could also be this. Yeah. And those moments sneak in, right? Like there's sometimes where you're like, you're, you're like, wait, I'm thinking like I'm still monog- like in a monogamous relationship. Yeah. Um, one of the, th- like, on the sort of filtering out and I think this has been one of the really interesting things is I think there's quite a few components of this where Kate's experience in dating people is is very different you know dealing with men versus me dealing with women um, yeah. so and and the, that filtering out or, or who sort of selects us I think is one of those big areas so I find with me it, it, the women that are interested are like hey I've come out of a relationship um, I'm in a period where I'm just enjoying being single so they're, they're generally like, or they're, they're sick of dealing with people lying to them is another mm-hmm. big one that, that they're like, hey, I know what I'm getting with you. This is, I love that you're upfront, honest, it's transparent, yeah. it's straightforward and that there's no games involved. So they're like, yep, I, I just like that I don't have to deal with any of that. I think the other really, I think good thing about it is it filters out people that are um, have good like EQ, so emotional intelligence to be able to deal and, and be comfortable with the fact that I ha- do have a partner, that mm-hmm. I think filters out a lot of women for me where they're like, I do will only really get people that are like, yeah, I think a little bit more mature and can handle some of those scenarios. So, yeah, it's been really drama-free and there's not people that are coming in trying to like, you know, be home wreckers, cause problems because I think they don't even get past those first stages of kind of even being comfortable with the whole thing. But for how long? Yeah. You know, because how long is this, has this been sustainable? Until someone gets emotionally attached. Yeah, if somebody's like, listen, I can't do, like, I, I could see this working short term, like three, mm. three months maybe. But have you ever, guys, one of you been in, you know, a relationship with you too, but then have the same partner that you've been dating for seven months? No. So the... So far, all of my connections have been just casual basis. Uh, I think the person that I've seen one person three times, you know, so and and that's been the max of it. And and I think that's, yeah, we're like, we honestly, I think the other thing that whenever I talk to people about this, I think they expect that we're like seeing multiple people every week, like meeting new people, you know, every free night of the week kind of thing. It's much more sporadic than that, much more spread out. So it's like, I've only met a handful of people um, through this and mm. it's sort of, um, you know, I think it actually makes you more picky in that way than when I was a single guy. Like I think now it's like, hey, I've got other areas that I need to split my time and energy between myself, my career, my own health, Kate's time, all those things. So it's, I'm going to be really selective of the time I spend with people. So I think you do, yeah, sort of spend the time with people like that. And, and I think often you also will find people that, are still dating if they are looking for a relationship at the same time they're like hey 
I am I'm looking for a relationship, but I'm happy to hang out with you in the meantime. And and they'll be honest about that, that they are still dating other people looking for something more more serious than than okay. what I can offer. Yeah, yeah so like you two are clear. Like, yeah, you yeah, two are like, and we're pretty clear on what our needs group. are. Good. Yeah, it's like I'm not looking to meet people to get into a relationship. So it's like no. it's very different when you're talking to someone that you're looking for a casual connection with versus someone that I'm like, I might want to date someone and maybe see where this thing goes. So it's like that from the beginning is different. And then because the other person is very clear on what we're doing and where we're at, they also direct their intentions elsewhere if that's what they're looking for. So mm-hmm. it requires that degree of like, hey, this is this is our situation. This is what we're looking for. This is the way that this this works. And like my partner knows everything and and what happens is the needs that I tend to look for to be filled with talking to other people and dating other people is often that like exciting chase and that fun flirting and like getting to know someone. And it's like, it's all interesting. And like, you know, it's, it's that initial phase, I guess, of like meeting, swiping someone online or meeting someone in person. And like, it's just flirting, you're kind of figuring it out and then you have some fun. And it's like, a lot of that kind of is what I enjoy about it. And it's like these new little connections that you make. I'm not looking for stuff to go beyond that. So I, and I don't want to say that, you know, either of us totally write off the possibility of catching feelings for someone else or emotions Mm -hmm. becoming, you know, evolving into a deeper level. But I think one, it it takes a lot to get there. Like both of us don't typically, at least for for myself, like I don't fall in love that easily. Like there's a lot of phases that I have to go through. I can, I can fall in love and I can fall hard, but it doesn't happen overnight. Like there's stuff that has to go. There's multiple steps you go through. So I don't think we actually make, take enough steps to kind of even quite get to that point. Like you don't quite get to that tipping point because the needs that I'm looking to be met are not those same needs. And the other person that is on the outside of our little partnership or our relationship, they're also not going to get those means for themselves met. So like if someone's looking to fall in love, like, I mean, maybe it could happen accidentally. Oops, like my bad. I just spent all this time with you and I fell in love with you. But like, like Greg was saying, we don't have that much time to spend with people. So the, the, um, I guess the, time and energy commitment and the communication and the, the just the letting it build up we, we almost don't have the ability to do that when we're in a relationship together um so yeah we we haven't had that that i guess scare we haven't had that happen yet and, and not to say that it wouldn't but i think we've often talked about it like would, would we fall in love with someone like w- would we catch feelings for somebody else what if they caught feelings for us like we've always discussed the possibility of it but there's been no one that i've met yet that i've been like Oh man, Greg's in trouble. Like yeah. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> There's so, just yeah. been and and sometimes that's the nice thing, right? Like when you've met someone that you really love and you've built this connection with and you have all these amazing conversations with and you've kind of gone through this growth with. I meet other people and I'm like, oh God, Greg's amazing. Like yeah, man, I'm so damn lucky. Yeah, you know, I think in like monogamous relationships, there's often this idea of like, oh, maybe the grass is greener and there's that temptation mm-hmm. and that's what's exciting about non-monogamy. It's like, hey, like I get to climb over the fence and, and check out that grass on the other side and have a little look. But it's like, man, when those when those rules and the boundaries and the fences is, is not even there, it's like, it's not as exciting. Like just suddenly get this appreciation for what you've got. So you skip that skip step right of like hmm, that looks interesting maybe i'll go and have a little try of that it's like you know what i can and i will and i did and fuck i love what i've got yeah Yeah. what if you meet somebody i'll just ask you a what if scenario what if you meet somebody who wants to be in a relationship with both of you so would you would you become you know a a couple to a throuple is what i'm saying I think it would be a matter of like hey do we have the time to put into it like again like what greg said we often talk about okay the things that are important 
is taking care of ourselves, taking care of our fitness and health, taking care of our work and taking care of our relationship. So if we add a new relationship onto that, then one of those other pillars has to have something deducted from it in order to make that thing happen. So it's like, I don't know if we've quite got the ability to do that, or at least I don't feel like I necessarily do. Maybe, maybe it would be like a casual thing. Um, So it's never like a no answer, but it's like a, what's the reality of it? You know, like I've, and, and this might be me having like a, a, to a degree, a judgment of polyamory. I'm like, man, I don't know how, like, that's so full on. It's so intense. So thinking about having another person that you're in a relationship with, I'm like, I'm heavily emotionally invested in Greg and our life and our relationship. I think I would stretch myself too thin perhaps. But again, like I said at the very beginning, love is not finite. You know, it's like you, you yeah. don't, I don't run out of my feelings and love and emotions and what this is just because there's someone you would can only add to it. So there's definitely a possibility. I can see, I think depending on how much someone wants from you, like could, could I have another clone of Kate? And and invest into a relationship. And I think, like like you guys said, um, you Sorry. you you guys are so open about conversation that it seems like whatever scenario happens, you guys deal with it in the moment, and mm-hmm. then you talk about it, which seems like is what works for you guys. But I would have one more question. This is for Greg, uh, from one guy to another guy, um, and and I'm talking again uh, from my monogamous, insecure brain. Brain. <laughs> um, <laughs> how do you deal? with you know like kate says like that whatever she needs or she feels to to be fully fulfilled she can get at, at another relationship um i know that as as a as a guy in a relationship i have this this um this pressure or this feeling that you know i need to fulfill my girlfriend to the fullest right and now you hear your girlfriend saying that you know she might not have everything she needs or she wants with you this is why she's has she's able to go and experience it with somebody else how do you deal with that as a man to be like, that's okay. And, and do you ever feel like you could actually be capable of giving it to Kate so she wouldn't have to go uh, and experience it with somebody else? So I think that the things that she, you know, the exciting parts, as she said, of, of you know, what she goes through is like matching with someone new, that those feelings leading up to a first date, all those things like they're actually impossible for me to provide. Yes. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're you know, familiar. You're I, familiar. I, I can't create that. You know, I can plan a fun date night. Like I can make sure that, hey, what what can I do to make sure that I can still, you know, plan surprises, come home with flowers, like give her new and exciting feelings or or do fun things. But I can't do that. I can't, you know, delete my Tinder profile and recreate the first time we matched and all these things. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't give her that and that's, that's okay. Um, you know, I think I would find it really hard if she said, that she was not getting something, you know, if um, say if our communication wasn't there, she's like, look, I'm just not having interesting conversations with you. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go have interesting conversations with someone else. That would yeah. be hard, you know, Fair. because it's like That's, that for yeah. me would be like, well, I, I want to be that person like that. That would probably be, or, or sexually, right? Like, you know, those things, it's like, yeah, if it was like, hey, you're not meeting my needs in this area and that's why I'm doing it. But, um, you know, would would maybe be more of something that I would need to work through if it was some of those things. But yeah. I think the main things that we've talked about that she experiences are some of those new feelings. And look, I, I get them just as much as she gets them. Like yeah. that, that you know, fun, exciting thing of matching with some girl, you know, going after like, you know, that, that chase component. It is exciting and it's fun and, and she can't recreate that for me. So, yeah, I think it's, look, there's, there's a balance. And, and I think that all of this and anytime I have fears and things come up, it's, 
I have to actually quite often rem, um, sort of get rid of them by remembering what my experience is. So if I feel scared and worried about, oh, you know, how's, um, you know, if Kate's seeing someone else, I have to remind myself how much I appreciate her and our relationship and how strong I know our relationship is in order to get rid of the fears of is our relationship strong enough if she's seeing someone else. So, And, and I have to think about like my experience of dating someone else where it's like, look, it's fun at the time, but after the date, it's like I'm, I, I come back to it and go, oh, I'm so glad for what we have. So anytime I'm scared of the same experience on her side, I just have to kind of bring myself back to that to go, wait, what's the experience like for me? I'm sure it's the same for her. So Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, you're here also. Um, um, I'm like, I've heard, I've heard of like guys that I've known who like could have, you know, like they, they're in a relationship, whatever. And then one night they quote unquote fuck up and, 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 and cheat on their girlfriend. And then... Mm it made them realize how much their girl is actually dope. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> and it's kind of like, it's in this weird, like fucked up way. It makes them stronger and even more in love with their girl because now they're like, Oh my God. First of all, they feel bad because it's not allowed, but also it's like, Oh my God, no, nah, this is so bad. I have it so yep. good at home. <laughs> yeah. it's and and like, that's exactly so that grass room. is greener thing, right? Like, uh, yeah. you know, I've been in relationships so like where you meet someone, you have a little flirty moment and it's like, Oh, I wonder, like, that could be fun. And it's like, you know, that if you get that in your head, like, it can be a bit of a, like, you know, it can take up a lot of space. Whereas yeah. if you can actually just go and pursue that, have have a night with someone and be like, okay, yeah, that was fun. But you like, know what that's like, yeah, yeah. Cool. Mm. <laughs> you know, and, and I think one of the other things you said, Julian, just around that, wondering if I'm enough or, or concerned about that, like, tell me you haven't had that in all the monogamous relationships. Oh, my God. Had. Yeah, absolutely. We, like you, we all think it. We all have those moments of like, am I enough? Am I meeting all their needs? Like, I think one of the really big things that's changed in this is like, we actually talk about, hey, are your needs being met? Uh, you know, and and look, and maybe that's just how I've done monogamy in the past. I haven't had those discussions and the level of discussion around all these little details of like, are you getting what you need from me? Is there anything you need different after a date? Hey, like you know, the constant conversations and check-ins. I feel so assured of where Kate's at, how I'm performing as a boyfriend, how she, what she thinks of me as well, all of those things. Like I know so much more about that and and I'm so much closer to that than I ever have in any monogamous relationship I've been in. Yeah, yeah. I think that way, this kind of carry over. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, well, will you ever become monogamous? Or like I think actually one of your questions was, would it work if it were monogamous? Um, and I think the best way for me to think about it is if I were to go into another relationship right now and we decided that we were going to be monogamous, apart from the fact that I wouldn't be on dating apps or, you know, potentially flirting with other people or whatever, hopefully all the conversations and all the things that we do in this relationship, I could replicate because the way that we ask each other about what we need or want or, hey, is there a fear around that? Is there an insecurity or is there something that popped into your brain that like you're a little bit worried about? Or, you know, for example, living with each other, it's like, if anything bad comes up for me at the moment, I'm like, oh my God, it's because we're living together. And like, oh God, this is just terrible. I'm so worried about it. It's like, it just comes up and it's like being able to be like, hey, this keeps coming up for me and I just need you to just know that what's going, like this is what's going on in my brain. And just being able to kind of have those open conversations of like, hey, this scares me. Hey, this this brings out an insecurity. Like this is what's going on. I think I need this. Can you try doing this for me next week? It's like you just have this really nice, from the beginning, it's been open about hard things 
And um, I, I think regardless of your relationship style, if you can incorporate that, that just makes makes for such a uh, a nice environment for two humans to, to you know cultivate that that beautiful relationship. Yeah, it's the yeah. cage bird theory, right? Like if you 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 create yeah. a good home. But you also leave it, leave the door open for them to to leave if they want to or, or pursue other mm-hmm. things. But you make it good at home; they're always going to come back. Yeah, it is kind of a mind fuck that, um, in a way, in this uh, polyamorous relationship, each one of you get exactly what you want, which is in a way selfish. But then, because mm-hmm. you are also letting your partner get whatever they want, it's also super selfless. Mm. You know, so it's kind of like I yeah. care so much about you that I want you to go have you want, but I, I'm also yeah. allowed to go have. So it's like a, yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, you know, and and that, that that feeling of freedom, you know, and and look, freedom. I'm completely trusted and have the freedom to do whatever I want, and to you know, I know that I'm trusted. That feeling is is something that I think all of this kind of feeds back into each other, right? And yeah. it, it's, you know, it, that feeling that I get from going on a date or from Kate after a date, and the feeling of freedom to go do that. I, in the conversations around it, like I feel so close to her, and the conversations we have, it, it's it's pretty amazing what I think it's done. Yeah, yeah we just get amazing. to be two individuals, right? Like, yeah. if you create two happy individuals that are getting everything that they need, they get to go out and do their life. It's like you can create a really nice relationship, but if you have a relationship that dictates the happiness of the two individuals because the relationship is where everything is and you become codependent and it's like, I need Greg to be happy with doing X, Y, Z the way that I imagine it to be. And if he's not doing that, then like that ruins my day. It's like, Hey, we get to go off and figure out ourselves and and figure out what we need and, and take care of each other as individuals rather than me being like, Hey, I need you to do this stuff. And I know that's confusing because we talk about like, Hey, we discuss our wants and needs and how we can help each other meet them. But at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is I'm not responsible for Greg's happiness. He is in the same way that he's not responsible for my happiness. I am. And yes, like I want to take care of him because I love him and I want to do things that help improve his life, hopefully. But I'm also totally aware that I I can only do so much. And if I take it like if I take that on board as something that I'm personally responsible for, man, it's going to be a brutal life and a brutal relationship because I don't know if I'll ever be doing it right. And I don't know if it'll ever be enough. And I'll always second guess myself and, and be kind of distressed about it. At least that's how I think I would be. So when I know that, Hey, he's responsible for that and I'm responsible for that. And we just meet together to take care of this relationship thing that we get to just look after and enjoy and like indulge in. That's perfect. Wow. I know. Um, I feel like you guys have answered literally every question I have about open (laughs) and and you seem Uh, to figure it out. Like it's good to see two people who are in such a healthy, successful situation. And and you guys are both, you know, filling your buckets like every, every day. So especially when you see how like a lot of today's relationship don't last. Mm. Yeah. You yeah. know, a lot of marriage. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like I, it gets to me question. I get to question sometimes like, you know, when I'm smoking a little bit of weed, I'm like, are we doing relationship right? It's <laughs> you know, so true. Like, it's so true. What's, what's the alternative? And then I'm like, I also like having this one person that I don't share with anyone. But like, how come most, like a lot of people get divorced? How come a lot of couples cheat on each other after five years, 10 years? And it's like, how do we remedy that? So it's definitely yeah. an interesting seed, like to actually like, like to plan and to kind of like think I we've think. had so many moments of being like should we just be monogamous like i'm really into you yeah are you, like are you also really into me and we're like yeah 
so should we just be monogamous? And then we've been like, well, I think the long-term sustainability, this is actually the best thing. So I think perhaps, wow. yes, we experience more challenges today, but in five, 10, 15 years, you know, like, I, I don't know what the typical length of time before a, a marriage ends or a relationship ends, but it's like, hey, at that point, hopefully what we've done early on is is changed it up enough to get to that point and be like, no, like there's nothing that I've been trying to pretend that I don't want for 10 years mm -hmm. being in a monogamous relationship. It's like, yeah, I think um, being clear on our desires and being transparent and, and doing things a little bit differently means that the sustainability of it increases. Because you're right, man, like divorce rate is crazy high and monogamous relationships and as well as non-monogamous relationships, you know, it's not to say that there are no unhealthy non-monogamous relationships. But um, yeah, I think a, a big part of our decision was we we would quite happily probably be monogamous right now. Like I, I, I don't think I would lose much by being monogamous. Like maybe I don't flirt with dudes online, but <laughs> I'd, I'd probably be all right without that, you know. Um, yeah. But I, I just think that what we were afraid of was what happens in five years or 10 years yeah. or what happens when the other person does want to open up again. So we preferred to be on the side of we're non-monogamous with an inclination to maybe be monogamous because we're so into each other, but we're not going to do it rather than be monogamous, but kind of want to be non-monogamous. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's why it's that's like the whole idea of titles is, an, is a non-existent for, for you guys. And I feel like you have mm -hmm. these fluid conversations as they come up. So don't worry about what's going to happen, you know, five, 10 years down the road, worry what's happening right now. And maybe mm -hmm. that'll be enough to like get you through until the rest of your lives. Who knows? That's the plan. Yeah. Um, to, before we wrap it up, do you guys have um, one advice to any of the listeners who might think of trying out a non-monogamous, non-monogamous, goddammit, relationship? Do you guys have like, what would be like that one advice? Uh, you know, it seems like it would be conversation and just honesty. But, I, uh, I think that for me, like, I'll, I'll say in all relationships, talk about what you actually want from it. Like, what are you both trying to achieve, and and what are your goals, and what are the values you have, and and what are you what are your personal values, and yeah, constantly have commu like communication around all that. I think that just talking about that stuff, like I said, monogamous relationships in the past, I've, I'd never had those conversations. So whatever whatever dynamic, whatever your relationship looks like, like talk about that stuff and, and make sure I think like, as you said, like keep the door open in a way that like, there shouldn't be any conversations that you can't have. Like if you can't even say to your partner, Hey, I, I got flirted with today and it felt really nice. Like if you can't, if you can't have that, then probably talk about why, you know, I think that even being able to just raise that stuff. So yeah, conversations, communication, make sure everything's as transparent as you can and look for, look for opportunities to grow individually as well as, as a couple. Mm. Wow. I would probably say that one of the nicest things that I've learned from this is that nothing that we say, and, and like Greg said, nothing is permanent. Like we don't have any rules that we stick to forever and ever, and that's the way it is. So I think what's nice is for people that are considering it, whether they're just casually dating with someone or they're in a long-term monogamous relationship, like there's so many, you know, couples that have been in crazy long relationships that decide to open up and it's like, okay, how are we going to do this thing? Let's lay out all the ground rules. Like yeah. we're going to know exactly what the next like five years is going to look like being open are you going to have two partners or three like it's yeah. like okay maybe step one is what greg said have you flirted with anyone recently like what kind of guy do you find attractive or what kind of girl do you find attractive and like hey do you want to start talking to people on apps and just 
dip your toe in the water and see how that goes and then discuss how it went. It's like a little experiment, you know, and I think that's maybe the best way to approach an, a relationship. Treat it like an experiment. Hey, like I'm going to, I'm going to chat to someone on online and I'm going to let Greg know how it went. And like, how was that? Have you done that? Cool. You did it. You liked it. And we still like each other. All right. This is a success. Like next experiment moving forward. And you can just do the little things. I think perhaps people try to dive in the deep end a little bit with like, okay, yeah. we're going to be open. I'm going to go and hook up with as many people as I can. And it's like, well, maybe just like, I don't know, talk on the phone with someone or like just discuss like what you're attracted to or something, or maybe someone you've, you've thought about it. And when, and when you've been fantasizing, you know, like there's so many little things that can lead you up to the big things. Um, so dip your toe in the water and then know that nothing is permanent. You know, it's like, you might try one thing and you might not like it. So you might yeah. change your direction, adjust the sales. So um, yeah, just, just little bits at a time and, and check in with each other and treat it like a little experiment. Yeah. Approach it with curiosity. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, yeah, coming on. That was uh, very uh, yeah. interesting. And I, I learned where, a lot. Where can, we, where can we follow your podcast and where can we follow each of you on social? So, yeah. So I'm on Instagram. It is CFKate. Uh, and then we, our podcast has gone rogue. So you can just find that on any of the platforms. Um, we mostly talk about relationships and sex and things on the podcast. Um, but my Instagram page is a real mix of like just my life and brain and it's CrossFit and food and nutrition and, and sex and relationships. So it's like, you'll even see like sex toys on there. It's just this real weird blend that Instagram are like, well, should we, should we be censoring you? We don't know. <laughs> and and I have less of a public profile. I have a corporate kind of work and I'm still oh, trying God. to figure out where the line for me on, on how much <laughs> I talk about this super publicly or not. So find Kate, you'll find me through that. Okay. <laughs> on the podcast. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thanks guys. Thank you. That was, that was quite something. That was eye opening. I mean, I'm always curious about, um, I wouldn't even say alternative lifestyle because I feel like, a lot of people at the very least are kind of curious about what an open yeah. relationship might be. Anybody yeah. who's monogamous. And you brought up a good point too. You know, a lot of, a lot of exclusive uh, monogamous committed relationships fail. So yeah. this might be an alternative to explore for all you couples out there who might be wanting something more. But I also think there's a way of approaching it. So yeah, maybe maybe approach with curiosity and and experimentation and see how mm -hmm. it goes. Yeah, but you know, like for example, when you eat, when he said that, like, um, uh, oh, uh, did a guy like flirt with you, and how did that make you feel? Right, like, right towards the end, like talking about like um, they were talking about like uh, no being able to tell your partner that's uh, oh this 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 girl flirted with me today and it felt nice. Yeah, right. it's, it's transparency. I think that's... Yeah. But like, if my girl said, oh, this dude told me I had a nice ass at the gym and he's flirted with me, I'm like, who? Like, fuck him and his entire family. Yeah. You know? It's, it's just like, I could see how it would be relieving to say it to your partner, but there, I don't understand how your partner can be like, oh my God, that's amazing, without being like, you fuck not that be jealous. You I know? think jealousy uh, is... I think the jealousy melts away with transparency, right? I mean, if you guys both are transparent with each other, this is what happened. I'm going to go on a yeah. date with this person. Here's how it went. Um, maybe here's their picture or, you know, here's a little bit more about them. Here's our yeah. conversation. <clears throat> that way, because you know how it is. Uh, 
And even in conversations, like if somebody is silent, like you fill the silence with just the worst possible <coughs> scenario in your head, you know? Yeah, so no, if, sure, if you are fed all this information about somebody and about the dates and about the flirtation and maybe like even the intimacy part of it, then your brain is not left wondering what exactly happened, you know, how good was it? Um, you know, can I measure up, et cetera? I mean, listen, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily like strive for this. Um, I, I don't, I, I think I'm going to have to sleep on this, but, um, like with everything that they told us because it was so interesting, but, um, I, I'm able to, um, f uh, mentally understand how that sensation of freedom that you have to go do this if you want to, and not wondering, like knowing that, Oh, what would it feel to go out with this person and doing it? And then realize, ah, okay, no, that was cool. But I prefer being, I prefer my current partner. I definitely understand how this can actually make your feelings toward that main person stronger. I just don't, yeah. it's, it's, it's just like, I, I think it over, the, new wiring. over like, for example, like if Jared were to go and sleep with another woman, I could not get that visual out yeah. of my head. Even if I yeah. knew like detail for detail what happened. It's just imagining it. Like, I, I don't think that I could ever get over that. But that's yeah. why open relationships aren't for everybody. Yeah, so because you, I, I don't think I like I don't want to even think about my girlfriend being intimate with somebody else. I mean, you know, uh -huh. like like Jared has a hard time imagining me with other dudes, even in the past. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, he has a past. But I mean, you know, it's just not something that you want to imagine when you're when you're in love with somebody for, for a yeah. lot of people. But. If you can get past that, then yeah, I can see how, how that would be beneficial. So here's the thing. And in their podcast, they say that it's easier to start um, polyamorous than to be monogamous and then go polyamorous. Yeah, I would. Yes. So I absolutely. think like, the fact that they started that way, the fact that she really knew that she enjoyed being single and that she set that up already yeah. in a way that's all they know together, right? So, so yeah. if that's all you know with this one person and it's like, this is how we do it, it might be easier. I don't know. I, I can absolutely, I would absolutely agree with that. You that, know? you know, other than like being, being in a monogamous, monogamous relationship for decades, say yeah, in like marriage and then opening it up to other people. I think you're setting yeah. yourself up for failure. That's hard. That's definitely I think hard. that'd be very difficult, uh, you know, out, and then, and then instead of having it like ingrained in the relationship and it's just a part of the DNA of the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I agree with that. Okay. Well, listen, this was a uh, quite, uh, quite the podcast, a very interesting one. Um, they were both awesome and, um, you know, and I'm, I'm glad they were so open and like yeah. honest with us. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it definitely like, and these are the things I love to think about. My girlfriend hates it because I'm always like, oh, I wonder how that would be. And she thinks that's just because I'm not like necessarily like satisfied or that I don't have any desire to commit. Oh, you're just curious. You're just, yeah. yeah I, just, I just like, I love the idea of entertaining those things left and right thinking about it. doesn't mean that's what I want in my life. Um, but I, I just, I just find it fascinating to reflect on stuff like that and just be like, oh, well, that's how you you're, guys do you're it. A, uh, God, there's got to be a word for it. Like I'm a, a philanthropist. Uh, I'm a French philanthropist. Uh, no, that's not it. Um, it's, um, it's gotta, I'm a it's philosopher. Like, I'm a philosopher. Philosopher? Yeah. <laughs> an intellect. I'm an intellectual. That's what I am.
almost like like somebody who is curious, naturally curious about relationships. Like there's got to be a word for that. And I know that I'm, I can't think of it right philosopher. now. Cause, what is it? I'm a philosopher. I'm a relationship philosopher. Sure. Okay. That's it. Uh, anyways guys thanks for being with us uh, we will see you next week again if you have questions please send them we will yeah. have a question of the audience next week and um, have a great week a Media Production